Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Welcome to another episode of the Talk and Power podcast, episode 88. And I'm joined by co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini and I'm Nick DeChimbri. Simon, how are you? Good, mate. Can, can you say two fat ladies, 88? Is that politically oh, I correct? I don't see why not. I, I can't. I Did I still say it at the ding, at the, the bingo? I, look, I haven't been to the bingo. I am only Because, I mean, if, if, you, if you were going to... Oh, oh, mate, I've been to the bingo. <laughs> you're going on a cruise ship, you've got no choice. And I tell you what, nothing pisses people off on a cruise ship more than if you just go to the grand final bingo at the end of the cruise. Because <laughs> they, you know, they got the big prizes at the last one, everyone goes, and you see them all, oh, why are you here? You haven't been at the last five. <laughs> but if you were going to offend anyone saying mm. two fat ladies, 88, it'd be at the bingo, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. No, most... Most certainly. Hey, um, just before we get too far into this podcast, I want to just reiterate our prize pool that's happening. Subscribe to the Talk and Power podcast at our at our website. You can subscribe there. You're going to the chance to win short tumbler. We keep adding each week to the prize pool. You got any There's, Holden ones there, Nick? No, I, I don't. I don't. We'll get some <laughs> Holden paraphernalia. We've got the selector flashlight as well. And Courtesy we have- of... Uh... Silver in Australia. Silver in Australia. <laughs> uh, the Talk and Power shirt, genuine Talk Oh, and Power I shirt. need a new shirt. How do I enter? <laughs> you already entered. And also, <laughs> we got a super cheap auto voucher as well. So each week, we're adding to that prize pool. In a few weeks' time, we'll draw it. If you've already subscribed, if you get a newsletter from us or an email from us, you're already in the running to win it. So... Thank you to all those that have, and we've had a few, quite a few subscriptions as well. So we really appreciate that. And we'll keep adding to that as well. Nick, that sign in in the background there, the the Ford News uh, Mustang wins title. Is that the controversial one? That is. Yes, that is. That's the one. That That is is it. Wow. Yep. Wow. So I didn't realize that that was it. This whole time. Are you going to get sued by supercars for having that there? No, no. The money all went to charity. So the money they sold, I think 10,000 of those and the money all went to charity. So it was a bit of a yeah, slap in the face for... No, it wasn't a slap. I shouldn't use that terminology. <laughs> slap in the face. Is there yeah. an e-version of that that you can download, Nick, to go with the e-series? Oh, I guess there would be, actually. That's a, that's a good point. Did the money go to, to charity for that one as well? It, it, I don't know, but money certainly went to charity for that one there. So I, I think they're all sold out. If they're not, perhaps we look at adding that to the prize pool as well. Maybe. Add that to the prize pool. I think that would be pretty cool, actually. Think if, be, if you're a Ford fan, yeah. it probably, probably wouldn't be, you know, say, if you work for, uh, I don't know, Triple Eight or someone. So speaking of Holden, of Holden, we're actually test drove the new Arcadia. So the video of that will be coming out very soon. So um, that's been, we've been testing that and that video of that will be out very, very soon. I'm looking forward to getting that out there as well. Quite a nice car, actually. Surprisingly quick car. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Surprisingly quick. Yep. Yep. I've got to bring it around, so actually. I, I doubted the, the, uh, the S in the SUV part, but... <laughs> Certainly lives up to the SUV. It does. Monica. 
Hey, um, we got no Todd tonight. Unfortunately, Todd is away, so he's not able to join us. So I was hoping to get an update also from uh, Bubba Gallo Raceway. They had their first round of uh, the WA Sporting Car Club had a um, had a test and tune day yesterday. So I look from all accounts. I I've followed that on Facebook, but I don't, I don't have the inside word. Unfortunately, Todd can't make it tonight. So it's do, great do, to see that they're going well. Do you think you scared him off with the uh, three from TNP? Does he even know what a pushrod engine is? Sorry, Todd. I did have a bit of a lend at Todd. Later on in 3 from TMP, we're doing the best pushrod V8s of all time. And uh, I wrote in there, Todd, will you need help with this? Because we all know Todd's a bit of a JDM fan and probably doesn't even know what a pushrod V8 is. That was probably a bit cheeky on my behalf. I've got to be honest with you, Nick. Um, in all seriousness, it probably would have been easier to put the worst ones than the best ones because <laughs> there's not really any bad ones i know i know so look anyway we're just we're having a bit of fun there hey um significant changes in the v8 supercar calendar and um look uh as we alluded to at the last episode the season will now be ending in 2020 won't be running into 2021 sponsorship deals and driver contracts made that all a little bit too difficult for the teams. So it's been rained back to this year. Uh, Bubba Gello is still in there at this stage. That's October 31 to November 1. Now, I did a bit of calculation, a few calculations here. So the trucks would have to leave Bathurst uh, pretty much that day, the Sunday. And Well, you would know better than me. Would the trucks, the trucks would be able to get here by Thursday and serve their two-week quarantine. You can do it if you go two up. You can easily do it in two days. Yep. What about a wrecked car? Well, you can uh, drag the car into the, the trailer wrecked, but there's not enough, there's not adequate time to get from Bathurst back to your headquarters. Most of them are in Melbourne. You would to like Perth. to think that the size and the quality of the teams nowadays, that they would have a spare car mm. or at least a spare chassis. Yep, I would imagine that they would have all their control arms, um, you know, ready to go as well as motors, transmissions. I know for a fact that they have to have two transmissions per car. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the bodies are uh, clip-on now. Yeah. Um, all the panels are clip-on. So it's really just that structure with the cage. And you, mm. you'd like to think that, you know, all the teams had spare chassis, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I no. just I know it's a three week. Oh, it would gap suck from for the next round. Yeah, <laughs> it would suck for the next round because if you had a totaled car, then totaled your spare at uh, Barbagallo's. Yeah, I don't think you'd be racing at the next one. And I do believe that they have penalties if they don't show up at the track. Mm. Yep. Yeah, they do. Fin- financial and and points. Mm. But my question is more so. To, they finish on the Sunday at Bathurst, and then they're heading to to three. Is a three week gap, so they've got they've got to serve. Assuming that the quarantine period's still in place in October, I don't know. It's hard to say in WA if it's still going to be in place. I'm guessing that it will be. The border will still be shut, but to get it's going to be a hustle to get them from from Mount Panorama to to Perth and serve a two week quarantine, and assuming that the car got through Bathurst unscathed. So interesting. We should probably try and pose that question uh, to 
to one of the teams and reach I'll out. I'll tell you them. what, I, I think it's a good effort for him to try and get 11 rounds in. Mm. Yep. If they pull that off, uh, it's going to be incredibly exciting for the teams uh, and everyone because you can, you know, imagine the pressure you'd be under mm. um, to perform with that tight of schedule. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the possibility of quarantine. Mm. Yeah, um, I, uh, I think what's really uh, going to have an effect is, is what's happened, you know, over the last 24 hours, the fact that there's been new cases in uh, Queensland and in Victoria and the cases in Victoria are, um, it seems like there was no, you know, people coming from outside of that area. So, you know, that's a real concern because the last thing any of us want is the second wave. Yeah. Um, this, you know, we have spoken very highly about the way Mark McGowan and his government have handled this in Western Australia. And I, I think that this really sort of nails, um, you know, drives it home, drives the nail home, so to speak, because everyone was such in, in such a rush to lift these restrictions. And now, you know, look at what's happening in the rest of the country. Mm. Anyway. All right, well. We should take a short break bombshell. here. Yep, <laughs> we'll be back right after this. All right, it'll only be two from TNP. I'm Nick DiGiumri, <laughs> and I'm here with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini. Welcome back to episode 88 of the Talking Power podcast, and we're going to be doing two from TNP. from TNP. Now, Nick, I've got to tell you, this is a tricky one, mm. right? Because there have been so many incredible pushrod V8 engines that have been built over the years. Just absolutely unbelievable. Um, it, it is really hard to just pick one. So I, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Well, I went with the 429 Super Cobra Jet. I thought you might have picked that one, actually. You know, I thought I'm, I don't have a backup if, if you did. But anyway, I'm going to go with the 420, the 429 uh, Super Cobra Jet. Uh, so that was a four-bolt mains. Now, they had the semi, semi-hemispherical type combustion uh, head as well. Uh, 735 Holly, four-barrel carb, and made 375 horsepower. So that was the engine that they developed Ford to get them uh, to homologate them into NASCAR racing to run up against the, the Chrysler or the Hemi of the time. So that's my pick. Um, I just think, you know, being a Ford man, I, I couldn't look past that one, to be honest. The, the, uh, the Ford Hemi, the Boss 429, didn't... Mm. Didn't no, sort of... No, it was... I, I can't, not that I left that one for you, but I thought oh, he, might, he, might, he might pick that one instead. So I, I, that's why I went with this one here. Because we don't consult I, I, each other before we pick these ones. No, no, we never do. I, um, uh, I, I just thought that out of... So that, that motor is kind of known as the Lima engine. The engine's Windsor-Cleveland, Windsor... Uh, sorry, Windsor-Cleveland, Lima, and, and so on. Uh, are named after the factories that they were built in. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's commonly known as the Lima uh, engine. It's the uh, second generation of the Ford big block. The FE was the um, prior generation that 
found itself in the the Ford uh, Cobra, uh, the Shelby Cobra, mm. uh, and the Mustang, the, the Bullet Mustang in particular, is one of the most famous um, FE-powered cars. That was a 390 GT uh, Mustang. So in this particular uh, design, that the boss I, I consider to be the the epitome of, of um, that particular engine was banned from NASCAR. Um, so it, and and it was primarily designed to, to take on the, the Chrysler Hemi, mm. that um, never actually got to to compete. Um, look, you know what, Nick? A lot of people are going to be surprised with me saying this, but. I'm going to have to go with the small block Chev. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I, would, I would have to say that it would have to be 100% in terms of race wins. I'm, I am sure that no other pushrod V8 engine has come even remotely close to, uh, particularly in, in um, factory type componentry so they were running in in trans am mm. in uh, as the 302 uh chevrolet they ran them um in the early days of of uh, like predating the nascar style racing the 283 and and even before that in the 57 55 chevys and so on um, they had an early mechanically fuel injected version that came out in the corvettes and and uh, some of the like the Pikes Peak 57s and, and so on. Um, it's got an incredible history and, and it was manufactured from 55 right through to uh, 92, I think, 90 yeah. uh, in, in, in like uh, maybe even later than that. It was, it was in you know, production for a, a long, long time and they used it in everything from aeroplanes doing pylon racing, boats, Mm. Uh, you know, ski boats, uh, NASCAR. I mean, it, how many years did the small block Chev dominate NASCAR? Yeah, yeah. Then you've got all the super stock and competition eliminator. Uh, you know, in drag racing, it was the common engine. Mm. Um, I'm sure there'll be a time when the LS uh, will overtake it because of its popularity and, and simply because we've, we've got a, a much larger population now than... Uh, we did in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. But, um, you know, you look at the LS itself. Um, we got it in the VT uh, Series 2. Mm. Um, and, and, and fast forward to now, and the motor's already out of production. Yeah. So, you know, the small block Chev has already destroyed the LS in terms of how long it was in production for. Um, and, and I'm talking from the factory here. I'm not talking about aftermarket because... You know, then, then I mean, the obvious choice would be, you know, the aftermarket 426 Hemi. Prolific, the 426 was a prolific engine for its time on the drag strip, mm. uh, particularly in, uh, you know, nitro burning configuration, supercharged nitro burning configuration. But the engine that we began using uh, was a completely aftermarket engine, loosely based on it but completely aftermarket. And that started from the Donovan 392, which was based on the earlier, the 392 Hemi, and then went on to the, the Keith Black 426 um, derived engine, which mm. the current you know, version that you would see in an alcohol funny car is a 521 cubic inch uh, billet everything. And in the top fuel cars, there are 500 cubic inch 
billet everything. It's gotten to the point now, I don't know if you're aware of this, Nick, but it's gotten to the point now in Top Fuel that the major teams like Schumacher, Force and so on, they manufacture their own engines. Yeah. They don't even have an out, you know, like uh, Alan Johnson or someone like that that they buy cylinder heads and blocks for. They actually manufacture the whole lot themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was aware of that. Yeah. So what would be, I mean, in terms of the LS what's what's its how do you see its future in 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 particular australia given a it's difficult to get well it's not so difficult at the moment but in it's not going to be easier to get one in the future nick i got told i got told last week 150 dollars freight to get an engine from the us oh really yeah i'd say that's sea freight but when you look at it that way you know if you want a junkyard ls or whatever but the reality is anyone that's building a serious motor now is building it completely new from aftermarket components mm. so you couldn't do that 30 40 years ago no. um, now if you if you were living in america in the 60s and you had a bit of a name for yourself you could approach the factory and you could buy you know a bunch of motors that you would then proceed to blow up one by one and throw in a scrap heap <laughs> so, so uh um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess you can't afford to do that nowadays, but well, unless you've got a big sponsor, yeah. um, but yeah, you basically would build one completely aftermarket components. And I think that it is going to simply because, uh, the problem with the small block shiv in, in standard form or in standard configuration is that when you look at the exhaust, which makes it a, a pretty looking motor has one exhaust at the front, one at the back, and two in the center next to mm. each other, which means that the two exhaust valves are right next to each other, which means that you have a really high concentration of heat in that area, and they have a tendency of cracking through that area. Um, the Buick head was the, the first of this, you know, easily commercially available symmetrical port heads, and then later on, you had a, a million different versions, the Allen Johnson being the most... Um, prolific in terms of performance where they basically copied the Ford Cleveland um, yeah. cylinder head. The Buick was kind of more like a 308 uh, VN onwards head or a, um, uh, or a, or a Buick V6 head. Um, uh, you know, Dart saw the, the potential there. Uh, Dave Maskins, I think it is from Dart or Dick Maskins. Anyway, he saw the potential. He decided to take that design and make it fit on the small block Chev. Um, and the LS has got that configuration standard, which means that in, in a boosted application, which is what you see most of these LSs in, supercharged or turbocharged, you don't need to worry about that heat being localised because they have evenly spaced exhaust ports and evenly spaced exhaust valves. Mm. So I think that the, the, um, the LS will definitely take over in, in, as an aftermarket engine, but what people need to realize is that if you spend the big money to buy the expensive parts, they're more like the old gen one small block, you know, the, uh, dart LS next block looks more like a small block block than it does uh, yeah. a, um, LS block. And when you go to what they refer to as a six bolt head, well, that is, you know, more like the bolt configuration on an early small block than it is an LS. An LS is a four bolt. So an LS is actually like in architecture. And I think you may have been at my workshop when I showed a group of people this, that you could physically bolt 
an LS head onto a Windsor block. The ball spacing is the same. The ball patterns the same. The water jackets pretty much line up. It's really just a matter of getting uh, the, the push rods to, to line up. So it is essentially a Windsor in, in, in many uh, ways. Um, they did a lot of smart things with it. They made uh, the, they moved the cam up compared to the old small block. So it takes a longer stroke crank without the con rods getting close. Oh, yeah. It also means that you run a very short push rod, which gives you valve train stability. It also takes weight out of the valve train, which is why with a hydraulic roller camshaft, the LSs will turn to 7,000, whereas most early style uh, push rod V8s will only turn to six, six and a half with a hydraulic roller. Mm. And I think the availability of the parts uh, and, and the fact that the engine was designed around an EFI platform, you know, it, it, it lends itself to, um, to uh, being an engine that's going to, you know, we're going to see more of. Mm. Um, I think at the end of the day, the guys that want to go fast are, are, are going to, you know, be running Hemis because nothing's really changed in that area. That engine's designed to be, you know, to yeah. make power, you know? So I think, yeah, in the classes that allow those big motors uh, in the early days, the small block used to compete against the Hemis. Uh, the Santos dragster was one of the most notable, which um, later on became the all fast dragster in Australia. And that car, uh, won a championship, uh, at least one championship, competing against the Hemis until the NHRA changed the weight break rules. So, you know, horsepower per cubic inch, I think the small block definitely, um, you know, but see, what people have got to realise is that we live in an era now where it is easier to make something out of billet than it is to cast something. Mm. So... When I started in this industry, if you wanted to make a new cylinder head, you would make a pattern. Um, so you would make basically a cylinder head out of a piece of wood with lots of bog and epoxy and so on. And then they would take, uh, they would make a mold off that, the pattern. And then they would pour a casting and then you go through the machining process. Mm. Um, nowadays, you just draw it. Yep. Draw the cylinder head. So draw one intake and exhaust port, propagate the drawing so that, that you know, you've got the complete head and uh, uh, stick a chunk of aluminium in a machine and it'll carve it out. So we, we are in a really, really um, incredible era for not just the performance industry, but for everything. I mean, uh, one of my customers uh, works for Fastbrick and uh, essentially you will one day... Uh, bring a machine to your your uh, house pad and load cement and bricks in it and it will build you a house. Yeah. So I'm not sure what this future holds for people. Um, you know, I mean, it is a big question. It's a serious question. Mm. I mean, well, no, what no, are the rest I, of us going to do? I know. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not sure how we got from pushrod V8s to... Robots to build houses. Well, you know, to you know, decline in the availability of jobs. But um, <laughs> I guess the moral of this story is uh, we need to bring back the small box chev <laughs> carburetors, four speed H pattern transmissions. <laughs> Do you know what I saw the other day out out in the bush? In at, I won't say where actually, but a uh, uh, 
Cleveland uh, three five one four bolt mains block. In the bush? No, no, it was actually in a shed, <laughs> preserved quite well in the shed. Um, I asked a gentleman if he wanted to sell it. He said no chance. So anyway, never mind. <laughs> you know, you know, there must be right. There must be stuff like that scattered all over the world. Like I know how much of that kind of stuff I've got at my workshop. Yeah. And every day when I go to work, I look at the poles of which, you know, I don't want any of our listeners to take offense to this, right? But reality is reality. The poles of junk that I have at my workshop. And I think, you know, one day, whether it be my kids, my wife or, or whoever, is just going to throw this stuff into scrap bins, which 20 years ago, you would have killed someone. I know. Yeah, it's on I know, I know. I think only. I mean, Peter. Obviously, he was aware of its value, but um, he he wasn't. He's not keen in selling it. He'll never. He'll never do anything with it too. That's the sad thing about it. But anyway, that's that's. All. Yeah, but but what is its value? What do you think it's worth? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought he might want to. You know, quick. Was it on standard know. ball? I didn't ask him that to be honest. I didn't get so, that. So, so here's the things that you need to consider with an mm. engine block: is what bore is it on? Yeah, right. uh, with a Cleveland, is it a pillow block? Okay, if it's a pillow block, is it the thick pan rail NASCAR block? Now, if it's a thick pan rail NASCAR block, right, it is the best possible factory Cleveland block that you can get. Four ball main, thick pan rail, etc., etc. Um, it's still junk. <laughs> so, <laughs> it still has thin wall cylinders so you go to something like uh, an arrow for example and and we're probably going to get hate mail over this but you go to something like an arrow you can bore it to 4125 the maximum you'll ever bore a, a cleveland block to is four inch and 40 and i'll tell you what it's got to be a really good really really good thick nascar block because even at four inch and 40 if that block you know think about how old it is right? Yeah. There is a good chance that you're going to have pinholes in it. Mm. So, you know, um, the next thing is when you look at what you can buy an arrow block for and, and what it would cost to, you know, re energize or reinvigorate that if you had to put sleeves or whatever in it, you'd buy the arrow block. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so the reality is that that block 20 years ago, you would have got, you know, anywhere from 1500 to if it was a standard boy, you might get someone that would pay as much as five grand for it. Some, you know, crazy dude that was doing up a Ditomaso Pantera or something like that. You mm. know what I mean? Um, but, you know, realistically now, it's really not worth anything. Yeah. It's like yeah. weigh it and see what Sims will give us where, you know. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah, no, I, I'm hearing now. No, I'm hearing now. It's just I've got those. I've got the Cleveland two V closed chamber heads here at home. Once again, once again, Junk. there's a, a well. The, this is the thing, right? So by the time you machine it and put seats in it, if you're going to get serious about running it on pump gas without having you know an oiler or something like that, put guides in it. Okay, machine it for ro roller rockers because you've got to knock the, the tops off the pedestals and because the Clevelands are a, a, a canted splayed valve, you know, deal, um, it's tricky to machine them. You have to, you know, it's, it is just a mission to machine them. Same with the valves and everything else. 
you got to do the spring pockets, right? You drill and tap them, um, machine all the surfaces, then put good quality valves in them, collets, retainers, valve springs, right? By the time you do all of that, it's going to be cheaper to buy a brand new set of aluminium heads. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's really um, the, the old stuff really has no value unless it's a collector or a fanatic or someone that is restoring a car and he needs casting number D7 or whatever. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in that case, and I don't know how many of those people uh, are here because what you need to understand, what everyone in Australia really needs to understand is whatever the rarity of the car is, whether it be a GDHO, a, um, a Cobra, uh, or, or an A9X Tirana, um, we have 10 times less the population of America, which means there's going to be 10 times less people that want to buy that car. You know, so um, I, I guess they built more of some in America, but there's still, you know, cars that there was only like six made or two or one or or that particular spec of a Hemi Cuda convertible. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is. It, it's a, it's an interesting thing to to consider whether we're ever going to see these cars go into the millions and millions of dollars um, like they have in America. Mm, yeah. So in other words, get rid of that crap that I've got at home. <laughs> <laughs> the TV close chambers are interesting. I'm sure we'll be able to do something with those. Okay. Oh, well, if, you know, block or if, if you know someone that wants them, let me know. <laughs> let me know. And there's a C4 there as well that I probably need don't have any use for either. So, <laughs> And just get rid of the whole lot. Poor XW is never going to see any love, is it? No, no just keep the two two one in there. When I saw that, when I saw that block there, I thought, oh yeah, oh, he got excited. Yeah, I did. I got a bit of a, <laughs> I got a bit of rouse, but he, he wasn't. He wasn't keen. He wasn't having any part of it. So <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Hey, we'll take a short break here, and we'll be back right after this. All right, episode 88 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini and I am Nick DeCembri. We are podcasting through iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud and also on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive. And big shout out to everyone at the radio station. Um, they're slowly, um, they're doing a lot of interviews over the phone these days and um, yeah, things going really well at the radio station. So shout out to everyone at the in the city of Swan and at um, 88.5. Thanks for having us on the board. How's the new transmitter going? I believe it's going very well, actually. I believe it's so going very well. I've, is I, it, was, I heard a rumour that you can get 88.5 on the moon now. I don't know if you can get it on the moon, but you can get it in even in the southern suburbs. I was listening to it quite a distance away. There you go. The other day, you so... Go. And um, we should do a like a bit of a VB theme for uh 88.5. <laughs> you can you can even get it in Mandra. Matter of fact, <laughs> I've got it God. now. <laughs> I was listening to Sunday nights with Peter and Susie last night as well. That was quite a quite a good show, actually. Get yeah, that's a great night. show. 
That's and, a uh, great show. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, been quite good. So no, I enjoyed that. Anyway, so there's, always- a, there's a few there's a few good favourites on a. Uh, on the, on the station. I mean, that I listen to There's obviously there's more than, than just the ones that I listen to, but, uh, mm. you know, Jimmy, Pete, yep. uh, and, uh, Oh, Wednesday oh, night. Embarrassing. The, 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 the guy in the mornings. Oh, Jono. Jono. Jono's Jono. a cracker. I yeah. love Jono. Jono, Jono in the mornings. A- so yeah, look, they've, um, they've been really welcoming and, uh, you know, it's been over a year now we've been on, uh, 88.5. So, I've really enjoyed Has it. it we didn't have a, a, a twelve-month anniversary uh, champagne breakfast. Or no, we like didn't that. actually. We should probably do that. <laughs> we should probably leave that with me. We'll organise something. <laughs> we need to, you know, it's episode eighty-eight, and I've already started thinking about the big one hundred. So we need to. I need to. Wow, getting about. ahead of yourself there, mate. You know, it's not really. Yourself. It's only twelve episodes ahead, <laughs> and I want to do something reasonable for our episode one hundred. And now with the state, can we get those again, popper things? Yeah, of course, not. of course, of course, we can. Sorry, but uh, I want to do something. I want to do something a little bit special, not just, not just, you know. I want to do something. Episode fifty, if you remember, we started up the BA. So, but I don't know what we're going to do. Episode one hundred. I've got some plans in 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 mind, and um, I'll keep you posted anyway. Well, if you want to start up the XY, you better start coming around and give me a hand. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Hey, um, what's been ha- anyway? Speaking of the X Y, what's been happening in your world? What's been going on? What have you been working? Mate, on? Oh, we are so busy. Yep. It is it is ridiculous. The um, I think that what the COVID did was create a bit of a bottleneck, and and now we're on the other side of that, and it's like a, a stream, almost like you know, getting a kidney stone or something, kind of blocks up, but then, yep, then it boom. <laughs> <laughs> and it hurts There's a lot. lot of pain in between too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Andy's car is uh, in primer. I mentioned There's, I've been doing a little bit of work in the engine bay, trying to get that all smoothed out, ready for some color. Um, and a lot of transmission work, a lot of transmission work. There's been a lot of work going on around the factory, uh, mm. which needed to be done. Um, the Dodge, the D5N, uh, that's actually progressing is it really Quite nicely now? Yes, it is. Oh, really? It is. It is. So, wow. um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm I'm looking around for someone that um, can handle our social media uh, side. So, if there's anyone out there that uh, has a keen interest in uh, in cars, motor racing, uh, in particular drag racing uh, and uh, burnouts and so on, and loves spending all day on Facebook. Um, get in touch with me. Mm. There you go. Get in touch with Simon and uh, go to the All Fast page on Facebook. It's a very good page, actually, and uh, you can you can reach out to him there. If not, now you, you can reach out to us at the Talk and Power page as well, and I'll divert you to Simon. You've um you've wanted to talk about Peter Hansen's Tirana license plates weapon. Well, what, what do you think of that? I mean, Vic Rhodes, after he's had those plates for well over 10 years now, and after 10 years, he went to apply for another car that said Weapon 2 or Weapons. Two. Yeah. And they did a, they said, oh, no, you can't have that. And by the way, we want this one back as well because it's um, inappropriate and offensive. Is that, oh. that's actually what, what happened? Because when I watched it on TV, he made it seem as though um, someone had complained about him. 
Look, potentially that might be the case as well. I've seen the letter that was written from Vic Rhodes and the, 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 the thing that I took away from it was the words that they used is weapon is offensive and not appropriate. Are we getting confused with potentially they perceive that word as we're peeing, as in urinating, or 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 how, how is? <laughs> I didn't weapon... even know that was a word. No, it's it's not. I'm just I'm reading. I'm trying to I'm trying to play a bit of devil devil's advocate for Vic Rhodes, but is that what they perceive that word as? We're we're urinating. I don't, Listen, I don't... considering the fact that that's the epicenter of of uh, COVID nineteen in Australia at the moment. Anything to do with Victorian government? Sketchy, sketchy. Well, no. you only had to watch sixty minutes a week ago to realise that. But I, I just, I, I just, I'm amazed. You can actually, uh, there is a. I'll share it. There is a a um a petition. 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 There is actually a petition you can sign, and I'll share it on our Facebook page. I went and signed it last night because I think this is outrageous. I, I really think you know this is weapon there's please can someone explain to me if i if i've got this wrong how is weapon <laughs> offensive if, if that's offensive then my license plates on my daily driver bad wog holy smoke <laughs> you better <laughs> drive the car actually i'm gonna have to cut that out because i don't want i don't want the wa traffic onto that one but i just don't understand i i really don't understand i'm i'm assuming that they're getting this they're they're getting where you're urinating we're paying has to be. Can't be no, weapon. No, no, it's, 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 I, I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's more to this. I think that uh, Daniel Andrews, one of his uh, family, uh, want those license plates for their car. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Dan, one of his family got, <laughs> got smoked by it, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, the car's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, s- same as I've had the bad log plate. Had them for a very long time. What about the other one? Had the blitzed, blitzed license plates oh, no, even longer. That <laughs> <laughs> That's I know you've had that since the nineties. Uh, blitzed, yeah, yeah. Blitzed. All right, blitzed, yeah. Blitzed. I've had blitz since the nineties, um, and there was. Uh, I don't know if it still exists, but there was a, a black Monaro that had wasted on the license plates. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there's other ones out there that, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is kind of where society's going, I guess, where, um, you know, people get easily offended. I guess it's, yeah. it's like tackles in football. It's yep. like, uh, safety equipment on formula one cars, uh, <laughs> Bit of a stretch, but I'll let you go. I'll let you go. There. You see where I'm going with this. I so. do. I do. I do. Hey, um, before we finish up, we'll just I want to shout out to the team at the Jet Seven Five. Um, uh, they Jet are Two Seven Five. Nick, what Jet did I say? Two. You said Jet Seven Five. Sorry, I'm getting confused. My Mister Two. Page. The Jet Two Seven Five. The Flying Fifth. So they are in, uh, part organizing this event which is at bathurst so they go from i think it's forest elbow to partway down the conrod Strait anyway so it's the the flying fifth head to www.flyingfifth.com or head to their website as well the jet two so what's this a flying yeah so it's a it's an event basically it goes from it's on conrod Strait. yeah and yeah basically um it's a it's a 
it's a it's exactly what it is. It's a flying fish. Well, it's that's a standing it's fish. Flying. It's the standing <laughs> standing dart across the fastest straight in Australia for a fifth of a mile. And uh, what cars are eligible for that? Well, I don't know what's eligible, but last year's winner, which I was, or which I am led to believe, it was tuned by Vic himself, Mitsubishi Evo. Oh yeah, it's yep. an Evo Six too. It's a Tommy Mackinnon one. Um, wow, that was last year's winner. Jeez, one hundred and sixty-five mile an hour. What from a standing start? Yeah, yep. 165 mile an hour in a fifth of a mile. Mm. That's insane. That's insane. The return of George's prestige flying fifth. So the event is um, the naming rights is George, George's prestige. He's a, he's a detailer and I believe he does a lot of detailing work for, for the boys. And um, yeah, it's last year's winner. And as I said, I'm led to believe that Vic tuned this car himself it's a Mitsubishi Evo 6, Tommy Mackinnon. And it was driven Amazing. by Stephen Nabriga and 165 mile an hour, average speed. Average speed? Mm. It involves racing your car from a standing start across the fastest straight in Australia for a fifth of a mile and an average split time to be achieved. Oh, okay. So, so you must... No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Going to the rules now. <laughs> that you must take cams, an average. How long is Conrad State? I'm going to have a look at how long Conrad Strait is while you're, you're doing that, Nick. Oh, wow. It's two kilometres long, Nick. It's yeah. 1.91 kilometres long. I do remember the last um, episode they did. It's, it's, it's from Forest Elbow. And it's the Bathurst Light Car Club. So the Bathurst Light Car Club is the sanctioning body for this for this event, or they're the club that holds the event. And um, yeah, the the cars that are you can have rotary cars. Yeah, so you can have sports sedans, regulations which are competing with Type Three S. There's a myriad of cars that are eligible, but yeah, the winner last year's winner was an Evo Six. So Top would be happy about that. So anyway, if he was here, if he was here, he'd yeah, be happy. But if, he's if not. He was joining so us. we don't know how he's feeling. He might be happy when he hears that. But right now, we have no idea how we he's have feeling. No idea. He's driving back from Bustleton. He he couldn't do it from inside the car on his phone or something. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't push the point. I just said, "No worries, all good. Drive safe." That's all I say. You know so, me. So. Interesting, interesting point. Uh, I, I, I saw this on TV and I thought, I wanted to talk about it on the podcast and I thought, you know what? You're throwing yourself under the bus, but you know what? What the heck? <laughs> right? So a while back, I don't know if you recall, a few ministers were, um, you know, I don't know, sternly spoken to, asked to resign, whatever, whatever the case may be, for filming videos of them driving through the countryside mm-hmm. and, uh, talking to their um, electorate, whoever's was listening, right? Um, well, one of the stations that you know 
uh, brought it to light was Channel 10. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I was watching RPM and they were out test driving a car. Uh, I don't know what it was, but um, it was in Australia and they had it adorned with uh, cameras and they were, uh, you know, filming it. So um, I don't know if it's a state law or, or how, but I'm sure that that was uh, a Victorian thing that happened anyway, that it happened about the, the, the anyway. Um, now, before anyone says anything about the videos that we do, right, just want to make it clear that we use a low loader and we do it all legit, don't we, Nick? Mm, yep, yep, goes on the back of a drop deck. Yep. Looks like we're driving, but we're not. That's right, that's right. So I know that RPM weren't using one because uh, the footage cuts to outside shots and you can clearly see the cameras are mounted on the car and mm. they're driving. So yep. shame on you, Channel 10, and shame on you, RPM. And when we do it with the Arcadia as well, same thing. I've got this drop deck came in, drove up on the back. So it's all good, all right? Don't ring up and say, can't do that. You didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. It's illegal. Uh, we, we have safety people, uh, professional stunt people, um, and Todd. We and have Todd, Todd also. <laughs> he's not here now, but we do. He's definitely, you know, he's involved. <laughs> hey, speaking of road safety, we should do another shout out for the West Aussie Wave. Hey, you try, try and do it. It's not difficult. Someone, let someone in, give them a wave. You, they let you in, give them a wave. It's not hard. Not hard. Even put your hand out the window. Give them the thumbs up. Even a nod. Just a a nod. It's not hard to do. Something we can all do makes your day. I'm telling you, I I have been practicing that. It does make you feel better. It makes you feel relaxed. Well, you and I, you know, have spent thousands of hours driving out in the country. And Mm. it's commonplace in the country. It's courtesy. Yep. You know. Truck drivers. Because I don't have a two-way, so the truck drivers give you the indicator to go around. Mm. Yep. That, that's, that still happens. And I thank all the truck drivers that do that for us guys that aren't using two ways. We probably should, but they're not. And, you know, uh, let us around wide yeah. loads all the time. Now, you know, we're coming across wide loads and they, they put the indicator on or the pilot vehicle will wave us around. So it's not hard. It's not hard. No, no, it's not. It's not. The country folk have got it sorted. It's, they have. It's, it, it's the city slickers that, you know, need a bit of a tune up. <laughs> Need a bit of a tune-up. I do. Hey, before we finish, just remember, go to our website, subscribe. Right? You're going the chance to win <laughs> all this gear. Right? So, shirt, talking power. We'll I want the shirt. To you. Whoever wins the shirt, I want to know how much you want to sell it. One person will win all of this. All of it's going all together. So, get in, subscribe, tell your friends, share it around. Subscribe to us, and you all we, we don't hassle you. We only send an email out once a podcast. Then at the end of the month, we send a pod, an email out summarizing the week. Oh, sorry, the month and what we've done and what we're looking at doing. Nothing big, you know. We're not. We're yeah, not you're not going to get annoying text messages at night. No, nah. telling you sail on right now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we miss you. <laughs> I, get, I get these. I'm not going to say who because I don't really want to promote the company. But but uh, I was a member. And uh, it came to the end of my membership and I, I didn't renew. I was smart enough to actually make sure I read the contract and understand that I needed to give them, you know, like five years in advance notice or else the order renew would kick in. 
and I continually get these messages. We miss you. Come back. <laughs> it's true. We're not, you're not going to get those from us. It's no. not that we don't miss you. It's that we don't want to annoy you. We understand no. it. You know, you might want to sleep at night. No. You know. And also don't email us about, we don't know anything about politics. We know that. We, we, we don't need to be talking about anything. <laughs> so don't, don't waste your time saying you guys know nothing about politics. Just, we know. We understand. We completely Help us. It. Teach us. Yeah. Yeah. If you know so privately much. get in touch with me and, and I want to learn. Yeah. I want to be a politician. I, I want to get paid $300,000 a year for doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, that many frequent fly points that I can fly my family around the world three or four times a year, all of my family, including my in-laws. I want mm. to do that. I want to be a politician <laughs> and I, I want to do it for the people too. <laughs> yeah, it's too long. Oh, you know what, Mick, you, you asked me before what I've been doing. Nicole and I watched a movie last night called the big short. Mm -hmm. And I cannot believe how corrupt the banking system is and how many people got ripped off and then how the American government gave these companies, these people that knew what they were doing, these people that ripped these people off, uh, more money to pay themselves bonuses with. It, it's really, it's, it's meant to be a comedy, but it's more of a tragedy. Yeah. But uh, if anyone wants to know what went wrong and how the crash happened, in uh, I think it was 2008, 2007, yeah. 2008. Um, the Big Short uh, does two things in that movie. Uh, it, it dramatizes some things um, and uh, twists the story a little bit, but then they actually stop the movie and explain to you what really happened so that you get the, the, the dramatic effect uh, of the, uh, 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 what do they call it? Uh, uh, well, there's a word for it anyway where the writer can manipulate the story for, for, uh, for that oh, okay. reason. Yeah. Um, but you get to know the true story and the true story is actually uh, quite shocking. Quite yeah, shocking. Right. Yep. Yep. This is about the Lehman brothers, obviously. Or... No, this is about the people that profited from it. Yeah, okay. so there was a small group of people, one of them in particular. So basically the way the stock exchange uh, works, you can, um, it's like gambling. It is literally like gambling. So you can make uh, a bet, for example, uh, to say that, well, I believe that that, that uh, stock is going to uh, fall. Um, and then if it continues to rise, you have to pay on your bet more or less. Mm. But if it falls, you start getting paid. And yeah, okay. uh, there was a guy who is a, he's a doctor. He was actually a doctor, doctor, an MD, medical doctor. And he, um, he, he saw that, that something was going to happen, something big. He predicted it. And, and he uh, was the first to have a crack. And uh, then there was a group of other people through various uh, circles. It's got a cast, unbelievable cast in it. And for all the girls out there, Ryan Gosling's in it. So you, know, you get, to, get to check him out doing um, twists while he's doing chin-ups, pretty amazing to watch. So he's got his legs up in the air, twisting them while he's doing chin-ups. Yep. Is there a female lead as well? I, I don't know. I was too busy looking at Ryan Gosling, to be honest. But... God. <laughs> 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 no, 
No, seriously, um, it, it has an incredible cast. It tells an amazing story, and it's a true story. Yeah. And they, they, um, you know, they really uh, there's some shocking truths in there that, that mm. I'll be honest with you, scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Because I think things have gotten even worse than they were back then. Now, mm. yeah. um, and this is the problem with deregulating. Deregulation's a bad thing. Mm. Bad, bad thing. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Simon. Well, look on that note. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for that. And um, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll organise a couple of guests. Well, I mean, this is like back to the old days, This, this tonight's episode. It's just like the two of us. <laughs> so, but, uh, and I'm back in this room as well. Memories. I'm hoping to get back in the studio. I, I should... No, no, I won't say anything, but I'm hoping we'll be back in the studio in the, in the next episode. But if not, it'll be the one after that. Where, and, where are um, we moving to the new studio, Nick? The new Everyone studio? Everyone wants to know, including yeah, I know. my wife. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are. I'm ready whenever you oh, are. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm no, ready I'm, to do this. We, 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 we've, got, we've got most of it set up. Yep. <laughs> I don't think there's there's not much else to do, is there? Up there, I, I haven't I haven't been up there. No, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. just move a few things, maybe get all the Merc parts out of there. Most <laughs> of the Merc parts up there. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, well, it's it's a nice clean area, you know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Simon. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Take it easy, Nick. All right. See ya. <laughs> See you later. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.